1: Hey everyone, I'm Nick DiMatteo. Welcome to week 181 and video episode number 7 of 4T, the Thursday throwback track. Every week I take a release from my collection, I discuss it, I give you my take on it, I weave in other ideas about it, and I talk about how it has influenced my music. This week is the nostalgia slash holiday edition, and the release we'll be discussing is this. Uh, Doesn't ring a bell? How about this? There you go. That should do it. I may even be holding it wrong. I honestly have no idea. This album, uh, with the very non-script cover, is an album by Wham! called Music from the Edge of Heaven. Wham! of course features the world-famous Andrew Ridgeley and this other fellow over here. Uh, this is the perfect time of year to talk about Nostalgia. Uh, holidays, family, friends, loved ones, memories, tradition, and uh, all of the songs that are everywhere you go, uh, which is, of course, one of the reasons why this I chose this album for this week. Uh, so a few interesting things about nostalgia. First of all, it, it, it has an interesting root meaning. The It's a Greek word meaning the pain of remembering. And when you think about that feeling of nostalgia, you kind of understand that because it combines the warm wonderful fond feelings of people and places and eras and you know times of your life uh with with that feeling of missing them of knowing that you can't go back that you don't really get to experience them again which is of course the pain the pain part uh that really does describe what nostalgia feels like uh another thing interesting about nostalgia is that everyone's nostalgia is different it seems like a it's actually a very simple thing to say um, But since I talk about music in these podcasts, you can understand why I might emphasize that because, you know, one song that uh, another person might hear and say, yeah, yeah, I remember that uh, evokes huge feelings in another person, and that's their nostalgia. Uh, And another interesting thing about nostalgia is that right now, as we speak, nostalgia is being created Uh, for people of all ages, 20, 30, 50 years from now, they're going to look on the teens as... As uh, in a nostalgic way, uh, and that inc- that includes everything about it, and of course, including the songs, uh, which is what we're talking about this week. Uh, so, holiday songs, Christmas songs. Uh, everyone has their favorites. Everyone has their, their their eras that evoke that nostalgia for them. When I was a kid, and when I think back to my childhood, it was all of the classic kind of pop jazz standards. Uh, the the Sinatra, the Dean Martin, the Johnny Mathis was huge in my in my uh, household, uh, and also uh, the Rankin Bass songs, Burl Ives, and you know all, all those you know cr- the Christmas specials, the uh, stop motion you know Christmas specials, uh, those songs, and the Charlie Brown music, of course. Uh, And then you had, you know, jazzier things like Ella Fitzgerald and then, you know, even things that were around then uh, from an era before I was born. Elvis and the Beach Boys and things like that. Uh, Those are what evoked nostalgia for that period for for me uh, in part. But there were songs that were new then that have eventually become classics that evoke even more nostalgia for me, um, for better or worse. And I know, you know, maybe I should be shot for mentioning it. Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Uh, It's it's one of those songs that I'm pretty sure I didn't really like very much after I, you know, passed the age of 13, let's say. Um, But uh, years and years go by and you remember it fondly. Uh, And then there are, of course, other songs that were relatively new then that are modern day uh, classics like John Lennon's Happy Christmas War is Over paul mccartney's favorite you know famous song uh simply having a wonderful christmas time i forget the actual name of it uh so so many others including a song from this album here wham's last christmas uh it's been covered many times but i think you may agree and and there are many covers that are better than the originals uh, but in this case i would have to say the original takes the cake. It's a song that we heard a lot then, the way we heard uh, Do They Know It's Christmas Time at All from Band-Aid, you know, the big charity song, things like that. Uh, But it certainly didn't realize at the time it would become a classic, and now it is 100% absolutely a classic. Uh, uh, You can go even, you know, further up uh, in time and... Talk about 1994, Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. It's not only one of the best-selling albums of all time, it is, I think, the number one Christmas song of all time. Not only that, this is a 25-year-old song. It is number one again. And um, I think it's, you know, uh, might have to do with it being in a movie or something like that, but it, it is the oldest song to hit number one ever in history, 25 years old, And the first Christmas song to hit number one since uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks song in 1960 or early 60s, Christmas, Christmas Time is Here, I think it was called. Uh, So, what that shows is that. There are always new classics. There are always new classics to be made. There are songs uh, that we listened to in the 90s and the 80s, in the O's even, that are now considered huge classics. And that's one of the wonderful things about music, about history itself, is that, it's yes, it's extremely personal. Your experience of it is personal. The things that you consider classic, the things that evoke nostalgia are very personal to you. But... Uh, those things are often also universal, like a song like Last Christmas. So Last Christmas, so Wham! Wham! Uh, you know, it was pretty famous in the 80s. Uh, they had a lot of hits. Uh, this album alone, other than Last Christmas, which is the one that's had the staying power, it had the song I'm Your Man. It had uh, Wham! Rap 86, which is the uh, newer version of an earlier version of that song, the original version of that song, which I think might have been 83 or something like that. Uh, I think there was a ballad from this album that also was a kind of a hit um and really was at the point where wham was kind of hitting its peak and culminating in you know uh all of all of the success that would lead uh george michael to go off on his own and what happened then of course we all know and if you don't know oh my god uh, look it up please uh he went on to great heights of fame and creativity and and, and all of that and um we also had no idea, we had no idea that would happen or that he would have such a tragic personal life. Uh sad to say that he's gone. Uh, he, he brought a lot of wonderful things to the world uh, through his music. Um, and the first album that he released that was an out of the gate, just smash, uh, that blew, really blew ram out of the water even, was Faith. Uh, it was the first CD that I ever purchased with my own money. I think it might have been the first CD in my household at the time. It was hugely influential to me. I mean, I did listen to George Michael after that, the Freedom and all the stuff that came after that, uh, his cover of uh, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me, the live version uh, the Elton John song, and all the other things he's you know, he did subsequent. But really, it was faith that took hold in in, in my heart. And you can hear the seeds of that in the Wham! music, because he really had a hand in a lot of the songwriting and in the way the band sounded. I mean, his voice, of course, is signature, but even the way the songs were produced and things like that. And, you know, what Wham! really what George Michael taught me uh, was... Something that I have talked about many many times, which is that you just because you're a singer songwriter doesn't mean you have to sound like one um, He may have had collaborators here and there, but really it was his babies the, the faith in particular You know all the songwriting that he did and his amazing voice that makes him a singer-songwriter uh, Well Prince was also a singer-songwriter. So were are the, the Beatles collectively and individually and and yet um None of them sounded like what we think of as a stereotypical singer songwriter. Many of whom I also love, James Taylor, things like that, all the singer songwriters of the 70s that when you think of, of that era, or even, I don't know, Ed Sheeran is uh, someone very popular, Sam Smith. They, to me, despite various production things, still have that kind of singer songwritery vibe about them. Um, they, don't, they don't branch too far afield. They may, they're still young, but they don't really. Uh, someone like George Michael, however, we know him when we hear him. And even though uh, he has his roots in that singer-songwriter mentality, he, he sang and performed and produced recorded songs in a, in a, in a way that was very uh, multi-influenced. It had the R&B, it had the pop, it had rock. And if you know anything about any of my music, you know that that's, that's where I sit. That's really where my music sits. It's the idea that solid songwriting structure is, is, is where it starts. Performance is where it ends. And in the middle is, is how it's produced. It's what influences you bring to it. It's what new can you create with it. What new sounds, what new ideas can you bring to it. Can you still have pop music that has quirkiness to it and depth and, and breadth and all of that. And yes, of course you can. Uh, I wouldn't be the first person to say it or to do it, uh, nor would George Michael, but he was one of the huge ones who did. And, um, as we listen to some more of this wham album, uh, you can remember how amazingly good he was and, and how what a giant splash both, uh, that band and George Michael made on the world. Um, You can also hear a lot of the influence of an album like Faith and that type of approach to music in uh, a song, a recent song of mine, Up All Day, from my album The Sunshine Seminar. it is more along the kind of soulful pop ballad uh, the solid songwriting structure with a quirky production and things like that and uh, that's a perfect example that I think kind of adheres to some of what George Michael did so you know good one to listen to and all this. And as always, I urge you to read the text below. It's a little different from everything I'm saying because I have no idea what I'm saying right now. Uh, Click the links, click the link on this album. Learn more about the album, learn more about the band. Uh, Click the link to my song. Please listen to it, read the lyrics, Uh, You know, share it. Uh, And as always, discuss, discuss, discuss. I want to hear what you have to say, whether it's about this album, George Michael, Uh, Other classic Christmas songs that you love other classic holiday songs that you love nostalgic songs for you that are not holiday songs Things that you don't like things you can't understand. Why does somebody like the waitress's Christmas rapping song or run DMC's Christmas and Hollis song and you can't stand them or something like that What you think uh, modern-day song uh, songs uh, might become classics anything really like that because as always my intention is uh, to share music and to foster conversation and connection. Uh, thank you again for listening, for watching, for reading, for clicking, for sharing. Uh, I hope everyone has happy holidays. And until the next uh, decade, this is, has been Nick DiMatteo and the Thursday Throwback Track.